You're listening to the Enneagram and Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Krista Harden, and I'm so glad you showed up for our relationship chat today, as well as for you and your people. We're all about living intentionally here so you can experience joy and balance in your relationships once again or for the very first time. Be sure you hang with us on our social media platforms. And if you like research like I do, make sure you check out our website at enneagramandmarriage.com for our weekly newsletter, freebies, and so much more, as well as at Instagram and Facebook. We have so many goodies to share with you. Let's dive right in together. Hello, I am so glad you joined us for another episode of E&M where today we get to talk about the whole scope of in-laws and boundaries with the Dr. Allison Cook. I am so honored to have her on the podcast today. You guys might have been hearing from her lately. She is somebody who is becoming very well known for writing a tremendous boundaries book that we're going to be talking about today, The Best of You. And it's a fantastic book. It just came out this 2022 and it has so many literally glowing reviews. I know you've probably heard of Cloud and Townsend's book Boundaries in the past and Townsend actually lets us know this is an amazing book as does Lisa Turkhurst and so many others. She just comes so highly recommended. We're so honored to have her today. And we're going to make sure that we leave this conversation together with true thoughtfulness and coming from the whole in-law question from all kinds of angles, whether we're the person who is dealing with in-laws as a potential future or right now, or that we are the in-law looking back and saying, how can we be helpful? So I'm very thankful because guess what? If you weren't one of these spots before, if you're lucky enough to live this long, you will be. So we want to make sure you are covered in all of these seasons and that you are extending grace for all of these seasons for those who are in the season that you're not, whichever one that is. And you know I am doing this work with you guys, and I'm very excited to say that Dr. Cook has found a way for us to do this with some positivity too, because I think it's important that if possible, we try to approach all of our relationships with an angle of health and hope. And that's not always easy if there's a struggle or some strife. So I was very happy to learn about some positive ways we can release that boundaries and allow others to feel loved. And it just really speaks to what I truly believe about marriage too, which is if you are getting your health on and your balance on, you're bringing such goodness to your spouse and you are going to love the two of you better no matter what. So keep doing your work out there. I believe in you. I know it's not easy. I love how hard you're working for yourself. Couple of quick announcements before we bring Dr. Cook on. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all your love and care over Florida through the hurricane. I've been chatting with more clients this week and finding out just the ways that everybody has been getting through it. Some of my clients this week were telling me how they had to grab pond water out of ditches and others were telling me, lots of actually telling me how people were coming to their house and charging extraordinary amounts to do small tasks and yet sometimes they needed it and so they had to pay and also just so grateful to see Melissa Melissa on our team actually heading down several hours south and giving of her time. And thank you for those who supported my friend Anna with her home drive. So we are just feeling the love down here and the work continues. And we're excited to really 
see things coming together and people really showing up, not only local churches, but also the Red Cross. And it's just, it's extremely moving to see the ways that we care for each other. And I'm grateful to see this coming from all over. So thank you for that. And I also want to let you guys know that as you're doing your holiday prep and we're thinking about boundaries, I want to let you know that we are opening up our collective, our e membership for just two weeks here so that we can catch those who before holidays want to make sure that they have this extra layer of cushion on how to grow themselves in their relationship in a healthy way. And for those who aren't familiar with the Enneagram and Marriage Collective, this is our membership for those who want a deeper dive into Enneagram and marriage work. And we really started to stop using language about exclusivity, speaking of boundaries. And we realized, you know what? Like, honestly, this is just a deeper dive group. So we have trainings every month over Zoom where I get to talk to you for a couple of hours. And we've added on a Facebook Live or an extra Zoom because actually I was missing my people. And then we also have a weekly podcast in the midweek for 30 minutes. So if you are somebody who's like, I need extra deep dive lives. This is your place. Not only that, we have a whole mini course inside of it. So if you're a total introvert, you can just watch my video series on how to walk through the stages of your relationship with health, all the way from the earliest shine to the shadow and hopefully to your afterglow so that you guys can be shining out with your mutual gifts and your Enneagram types for the long haul. So that's all inside with our PDFs, very low rate, much lower than actually our coaching rates. But if you're somebody who needs just coaching and you need the one-to-one just for you, you know we have lots of EM coaches on our page too and keep listening here. So we want to make sure you're covered at all the levels. And then lastly, before we bring Dr. Cook on, I just want to remind you guys about your healthy boundary setting. It is so important. And just as a precursor to all the boundary setting we're going to be talking about today, I want to let you know we get it that sometimes just like I'm done, like ejecting others out of your life has an initial reward because for a brief moment, you're like, I totally get it. Uh, I need to have my space. It's going to make me crazy if I relate with people I don't perfectly like. But really, really, really important that you know that secure attachment with others, not just fading out, is what actually heals and satisfies and allows for longer term healthy survival for you and your people. And let's face it, when we're doing better as a system, like a big, big house or a big machine, and you know, I hate to compare marriages to machineries, but when I was at NASA a few months back, that image just stuck with me of how many pieces had to be working together to get those rockets moving. And even seeing a lot of them that had gone through multiple repairs and the wiring looked all trippy, it was so helpful to know that the work was rooted and grounded in growth. And sometimes that involves experimenting. So take the tips we offer you today and try one of them out. And if that one works, try another, but just start somewhere. Or if that one doesn't work, start on the next because your family is going to be different from mine. But even as I surveyed the hurricane, I was thinking this through as I was, you know, there's always going to be little debris I still see even a few weeks out because it takes a while. And I was looking at this tree that was uprooted and I was thinking, what's the difference between the trees that were uprooted and the ones that weren't. And I thought, gosh, it's those deep roots. I mean, so remember Tolkien, deep roots are not reached by the frost. Lastly, by the way, I hope you got to see the very last rings of power. And I'm so excited about the second season. So anyway, that was just a throw in, but I hope you love leaning in. I know it's going to take some deep breaths. I know you can do this with me. We can grow together here. And please, if you want that deeper dive, join us in the collective, check out the show notes. Okay. Let's welcome Dr. Cook on. 
Guys, I am so happy to have Dr. Allison Cook on today. Allison, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, well, we are thrilled to have you and we get to talk all things Enneagram and boundaries with you in a month when we are really working towards family connections, especially as we look toward holidays with extended family and in-laws. So thank you for delving into such an important and beautiful topic for marriage with us. Yeah, no, this is awesome. It's such good work you're doing. Oh, thank you so much. Well, I've loved your book and I can't wait to share it with the audience, but tell us a little bit about yourself and your journey. And of course, some Enneagram. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's interesting. This latest book, uh, The Best of You, grew out of, uh, you know, I could definitely map it over my Enneagram journey because I grew up in a Christian home, uh, knew a lot about God, knew a lot about the, you know, religious side of things, but I didn't know myself at all. And I was really conditioned in many ways to be an Enneagram too. And I see this a lot with women in my practice that too shows up, right? Especially with women who come out of any kind of faith background, no matter what the faith background is. And I'm always a little skeptical when I see that, but in myself, I was like, no, that is what I am. <laughs> and, and really um, that kind of helpful, you know, always trying to, um, to the point where I talk about in, in the best of you really grew into some codependent tendencies, you know, grew into some, I don't even know how to um, be true to myself, to care for myself, to bring myself into my relationships. And so that's what the book read in my own journey. Also then working a lot with women, but definitely with couples and with families and, and kind of seeing this theme of folks who are so kind of the do-gooders, right? Trying to help others, trying to be, show up for other people, but losing connection mm. with their true selves and kind of going too far toward this selfless. I, in the book, I talk about their selfhood, strong sense of self, they're selfish, but then there's also this other end of the spectrum where we can get too selfless. So somewhere in there, somewhere in that journey as part of my own process, I discovered, and it was life-changing that I'm actually an Enneagram three deeply and truly. And I had a lot of shame about that because as a woman, as you know, my, my, the way I was raised in a small town, faith back on all sorts of gender nuanced things, the way I was, you know, conditioned, it was not okay for me to want achievement for me to be goal oriented. And so that's been a big part of my healing journey is to, I still have a strong two wing, um, but also realizing kind of healing the parts of me that um, just genuinely are wired that way, wired toward goals, wired, wired toward efficiency, wired toward productivity, the best and the worst of that. Yes. That makes so much sense. And you see me here, but our audience, we're doing a vigorous head nod with <laughs> understanding this two thing amongst women, especially. Yes. And of course, the guys out there who are hanging with us, like, I'm a two and I hate that. We don't get seen as twos. But yes, uh, there's always a sense of archetypal guilt when we find out we may not be a two. And, you know, here she is the quintessential Eve and we're not meeting the standard and guys are so attracted to twos. And, and so there's all kinds of apologies that come with it. And as you so aptly named some shame. So thank you for just bearing witness to that and for leading us on this journey of actually finding out who we are, right? Because it sounds like you did take that brave step to say, I am actually a three. 
Yes. And and a big part of my, you know, the best of you is becoming your true self mm. was honoring that. And not that the, you know, I mean, just the depth of, you know, even, even things like when I, where I really began to figure it out was I, all my memories of heartache, of heartbreak growing up, they weren't about rejection. They weren't about losing love. They were about failure. Mm. And I was like, that yeah. is so interesting. And then the other key piece, and we'll get to how my husband played a role in this too, oh. which is interesting from an Enneagram perspective. I don't get to talk about the Enneagram perspective too much in the book, but it's yeah. there. Yeah. But in my, the other thing that I began to notice was that what didn't ring true was the deceptive aspect of the three where you're kind of puffing yourself up and yeah. trying to aggrandize yourself, right? But I had a woman say to me, but you know what you do? You minimize. And she said, isn't that also lying? Isn't that also deceiving to manage your image? And I was like, oh my gosh, it's, it's my way of managing the image and ensuring I am successful and ensure is to downplay and to, right? Oh my isn't, gosh. Yes. It was, I was like, oh my goodness, yes. that is yeah. It, it it just rang so true. So anyway, oh, that was a little wow. bit of that journey. Yeah. And you just gave us the female layering into yeah. why a lot of female threes don't know how to identify their type probably yeah. because, Hey, I'm supposed to play it down. I'm a female. I'm not allowed to have this strength because I want to be the feminine energy, not the masculine right. energy. And so I love how you grappled with it and you let her and others influence like, Hey, like, how do you see me? Cause I know that's a part of our discoveries as well. And just for you to put your childhood stories together with how others see you, especially as a three who may wear some masks sometimes, like you said, unintentionally, it's a self-deceit, uh, helped you to find who am I? And then of course, we're learning as you're a three and you're about to tell us about your hubby. Threes are at the center of the heart types. So still a huge heart, you know, which I love. Yes. And that, that was also really helpful to me in, yeah. in kind of, but also that two part is still a big part of me. Yeah. Um, but also realize another key piece in that it really was a deep journey when I was um, the thing about not wanting to lose people that twos have, right? They want, they don't want to feel abandoned. They don't want to feel, I never related to that because I was like, as a three, you know, it's more toward, it's like, love you, want to be there for you and want to keep going. <laughs> you don't want to keep going. <laughs> and, and if you do, and if you do kind of, you know, it's like, I'm okay. You know, so, so that was another big piece of, I do. So, so all this work that I do as a therapist, it actually really helped me because it was like, all those things become strengths when, once you can name them and see them and, and, and um, just the truth, the truth sets you free. The truth sets oh. you free. Oh, that's such a good reminder. And how right. did you and your hubby meet too? As we, you, you mentioned him and he was part of this whole journey too. Yeah. I talk about in the best of you, I was um, in my mid thirties when we met and in okay. part, all of that hiding, all of that masking, right. Was very challenging for me. My, I, you know, if we talk about fight flight, or we talk about different attachment styles, mine was to avoid, you know, to, to hold back, to hide. And wow. so intimacy was very challenging for me. And I was a real people pleaser and just wow. knew how to make everybody else feel good, but didn't know how to, anyway, long story short, when I met my husband, it'll give you, you can guess his type. Yeah. We started dating and, you know, I tell this story in the book and he said, you know, after, after time we really, you know, and, and I was kind of ready to, you know, get more serious, get maybe even get engaged. And he just said, I don't want to be with somebody who I love you. He was very clear. I love you, but I, I don't want to be with somebody who's constantly trying to please me. 
Mm. I want you to be you. I want you to be strong. Like, who are you really? You know, like he started really coming at that. It, like he's like, kind of, that's not going to be healthy for either of us because I'm pretty strong. I know who I am. I put my stuff on the table. If you're building your life around, he really named. And boy, that was hard, yeah. you know, because that's how I, I was like, wait, people are supposed to like this. <laughs> I saw and that you like, set that up in the book and how you mentioned how terrified you were. Just he's, oh, you had it going because you're a future oriented person. So you were way ahead. Like you were walking out the door. We're like, <laughs> And he was like, um, I, I don't, I don't feel like I even know you, right? You know, I don't want someone who's just trying to. So he's pretty direct, pretty to the point. Um, and it was hard. And the best took me on another big journey into kind of okay, how do I really show up in a relationship and say things like, well, actually here's what I think, or here's what I need, or here's what I want. Oh so. my gosh. So is he an eight? Tell us what type he is. Yeah. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. What a neat yeah. power pairing, but like, you know, you got to right today. I'm actually exploring power differentials between the, the, the couple pairings. And what I was thinking as you were sharing that is there's not many of them that would take that bold step or even like, let's just be honest. Eights have such a caring heart to be that caring and deep to say, I'm bold enough and confident enough in myself to really care about you and to demand that you care about yourself. And that really just helped you to know, like this person is for me. Totally. And he's a in the healthiest sense of the eight where they look like a two. He uh, when I met him, he was a widower, was mm-hmm. caring for two children. So yeah. really cultivated. It was very much from a place of, mm. you know, love of, I want you to be you. Mm-hmm. But in the way that AIDS can do that so directly and just yeah. so, awesome. and um, I'm super grateful. And we, we now, you know, we definitely look more like that. We're both highly productive. We're both highly focused. Yeah. We have to work to play, you know, we have to, <laughs> um, but but there's a lot what i what he brings to me is that honesty bringing things on the table um a lot of uh when i can get really efficient like i just want to get the job done he brings that we need to do this correctly we need there's a right way um so really grateful grateful for that pairing Oh, me too. I love how he brings that rightness and justice to it. And that mm-hmm. you bring the complexities mm-hmm. of, Ooh, I can do a lot. I can manage mm-hmm. a lot. And he's <laughs> got you going in this stable. I always think of the word clarifying when I think of eight. So I love it. Beautiful. Um, yes. Tell us about when it comes to boundaries, why you felt like now was the right time for this book. I love your book, by the way. So I'm so excited to dig in with you. Thank you. Um, you know, the, the first book that I wrote is more of a therapeutic. It's a, it's a deep dive into the IFS model of therapy. It's more technical. It's a great book. Um, it's, it's, it's kind of the method. If you want to heal, it's, it's about the parts of the soul. Oh, I um, love internal family systems. And a lot of people have been coming on the show and talking about it lately. So you wrote a book on that. Yeah. So my first book, Boundaries oh. for Your Soul, I co-authored. It's a Christian adaptation of IFS. Okay. So it's the IFS model with an overlay for, for any of your listeners from a faith background. It's overlaid with a Christian um, theology. Because I, I stumbled upon that model. That was another big part. Because I, I think it maps onto the Enneagram beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what my inner circle, see, we've been doing that because it just maps so beautifully. <laughs> you'll see the Enneagram through it, through yeah. the book. Like we didn't, we don't name it. Yeah. But we talk about the different parts and it's like, oh, you've okay. got your protector, your perfectionist, your pleaser, your, yeah. right? And it, it's like those code two parts. 
yes. typically map map the Enneagram. So that was another key piece for me in my own healing journey. So that that was book mm -hmm. one. But book two, I wanted to zoom out and go, because part of IFS is this, what was sh shocking to me, which of course, you know, I'm a psychologist. Yeah, I was yeah. drawn to this idea of we have a, we have a self, but I was kind of taught that was bad. Like I was kind of taught that it's self, you shouldn't think about yourself. Yeah. Self is bad. That's, that's kind of the, what I came out of. But all through graduate school, I was like, but, but I'm reading these people who are, are saying, you, you need to become a person. You need to become a self. So I'm like, how do I integrate that? So this book, and, and IFS has this idea of a self mm -hmm. at the center that kind of helps you lead the different parts of you. Mm -hmm. And this book, The Best of You, is really a, a, what does it mean to have a self, selfhood, I call it. Mm -hmm. How do we become a true self? Mm -hmm. um, and, and how do we heal, you know, the wounded parts of us so we become more and more and more of our true selves in God. So it's about mending the past. Yeah. It's about the painful patterns. And it's sort of a, it's kind of, I call it a therapy in a book. It's kind oh. of a therapy 101 through the process of healing, kind of facing childhood wounds, dealing with codependency, learning to set those healthy boundaries and forge those healthy relationships. Oh man, that's beautiful. And you cover so much terrain so thoroughly with friendships, Thank with you. marriage, with in-laws, I mean, parenting. Yeah. So I loved, and I was thinking parenting from both sides, since I know you have older children and I have teens yeah. and I'm like, okay, yeah. you know, how do you get on both sides of this? And so you've got so many layers for us. And I just love hearing this backstory of unpacking it as well. I also liked how you talked about not just those of us who have struggled with codependency, but the counterdependency. That was a wonderful concept that I think pairs a lot with the Enneagram withdrawing types. Can you tell us a bit about that? Yeah, yeah I thought about that too. Um, so, so we talk, we often think, well, the opposite of codependency is, you know, is being self-sufficient and it's not. So the opposite of codependency is actually counterdependency, which is I don't need anyone. And that's not healthy yeah. either. You know, codependency is I can't live without you. You are my self-esteem. You are my life. Counterdependency is I don't need anybody. I'm good by myself. The real health is healthy dependence, yeah. which again is two whole people mm -hmm. who know themselves, who are doing their own work, coming together and negotiating a relationship. And I don't think I could have written the best of you until I'd gone through my own process of, oh, right? Because I talk a lot about, you know, the things my husband and I had to navigate raising kids. You know, it, it, it came out of, oh, okay, now I get how this inner work relates to all these external relationships and healthy dependence, which is I do need you and I do want you in my life and you need me and you need who I really am. And as two whole people come together, we learn to depend on each other in healthy ways. Mm, wow, that's important. And it really helps mm -hmm. people to foster a healthy definition of boundaries where you still have yes. a self, self, right, but right. you also have a relationship with a partner who also has a self. Exactly. Oh, hundred percent. Gosh. Well, well, as we look to our topic this month of in-laws, we do want everyone to get the book because she does flesh it out more there, but tell us about what we can do to set the boundaries with love toward in-laws. <laughs> I keep bringing the word in-laws in. Sorry. <laughs> I love it. I mean, I talk about in the book, there's a spectrum, right? So when, when we talk about boundaries, it's not a one size fits all. You have to understand the nature of your particular relationship. Mm -hmm. Some people have it you know, love their in-laws and even the best of an in-law, yes. you, you're, ha you're having, I think the, re the thing that's particularly hard about an in-law relationship, it's a little bit like a step parent, even the best of a step parent, they're, you're a little bit removed, right? So, mm. you know, you, you, 
we're tempted to triangulate, we're tempted to pull in, you know, maybe our spouse to get them to do the work with the in-law. Sometimes that's okay, but that it's, 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 how do we have that an in-law, their family, but there, there's also this kind of weird, you know, there, there's just a lot to it. It's a complicated relationship. Let me just yeah. say that. Yeah. And so it makes sense that it's hard for people. And I think what I'd say is, and when you look at the spectrum, you want to kind of think through, you know, what's the good. And, and, and when I talk about the spectrum in the book, you know, some people, sometimes they're to- it's completely toxic and that's, that's going to require a different set of boundaries. Um, that's going to require, man, I don't know if I can be around this person or if I am around this person, I can't be alone with this person. We can talk mm-hmm. about the buddy system or if I am around this person, I have to really limit the time and only be in a crowd. But if we're on this side of the spectrum where it's mostly healthy and there's a lot of good, there's just some hard things. Yeah. yeah. Then kind of where I go with it is, is just kind of ask yourself, what, what, are, what are the things, how I delineate it is, what are the things I can say yes to that, 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 and what are the things I need to say no to mm. with this person? But what can I say yes to in this relationship? And it could be a number of things, you know, you, you know, we can, I can give you examples, but, you know, kind of like thinking about what, you know, where does it fall on this spectrum? Number one, you know, how much time do I have? What, what emotional reserves do I have? And then from within that, what can I say yes to? And what by default then do I have to set limits with? Hmm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. And I really liked how you kind of alluded to something I loved about the book where you talk about getting to say yes. You know, mm-hmm. most people think boundaries are all no, but I love how you're wanting us to know how to honor in-laws as well as Wow. I know this recent book on indigenous people was sharing how, you know, you want to think of seven generations back and seven generations forward. And Mm. you're inviting us to that process to be able to say, like, we don't just toss them out just because they're annoying. Right. No, some of that. I don't think think so. I mean, when there's real toxicity, yes, we have to, we have to limit, you know, we we can't take in poison, but a lot of the times these are just, and so I say, I talk about starting with yes, because, and I don't, it's very clarifying. It takes a minute to think it through. It's like, you know, and I'll ask people like, well, what, you know, you think about the holidays, you know, can you spend three hours alone in a room with this person? No. Okay, great. That's clear. (laughs) Can you, what about, can, can you be, can, can you stay overnight in their house if you're traveling? No, that's really, really hard for me. Okay. So what if we stay in a hotel or, you know, what if you can stay with friends or in a hotel that, that, you know, then what can, again, we're trying to get to what can you do? Well, I can show up for the meal. There's a lot of people there. I can try to sit next to, you mm-hmm. know, uncle Charlie, because he makes me laugh. And, mm-hmm. you know, if she starts to trigger me, I can sort of Okay, great. So we've got, so we're starting to get to a plan here. We can go to the meal. We can work with where you sit. Maybe we're not going to stay at the house. So, so you're kind of back ending into boundaries by figuring out what can I say yes to. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, well, this is what I can do. I can help with the dishes because you know, when we're doing the dishes together, we're kind of talking about things. There's a limit to it. And then I can get out. Okay, great. So then that's what we're going to say. Yeah. And so then it's positive. It's like, oh, I'm going to do this. This is what I'm going to do. And mm-hmm. I'm not. And then if she's mad that I'm not doing all these other things, well, I, let's focus on what I am doing. Yeah. It, it just kind of helps you get over the guilt. Mm-hmm. Um, and it helps you understand what is it that I can do that doesn't bring harm to me, yeah. that honors her, but, you know, that honors this relationship. But but also protects what, what isn't okay. You know, a lot of times the things that I can't do are, you know, I don't want to get into, 
I don't want her to uh, him, him or her. It could be the, the father-in-law. I don't want them to ask me about my parenting. That's a boundary that I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, they can be with my kids, but I'm not going to discuss my parenting tactics. Well, instead of going to them and just saying, you know, that maybe that works, but you just, if you know, in your mind, I love it that they're with my kids. And if any, if any conversation or criticism comes up about my parenting, I'm going to excuse myself. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Just to take that moment where you're not trying to have a counter dependency, but you're trying to actually make sure that you can still honor this person and their differences from you by saying, you know, I'll be back. It'll probably be 20 minutes, but I will be back and we will have a different conversation because this is one that will draw us farther apart in this short holiday time. That's right. And depending on the nature of the relationship, you might be able to say, Hey, I love you. You're so good with my kids. I don't want to talk about my parenting strategies with you. Thanks so much for asking, but that's just off limits. Let's just enjoy the kids. You might be able to say that if they're healthy enough. Yeah. That's true. Or it depends on the person. You're right. Sometimes action speaks louder and you just say, interesting question. I'm not going to answer it and I'm out. <laughs> you know? Ah, you're right. Because our nonverbals, as we both know, are so much more than the verbals. So you can speak and you can set a boundary, but not have to leave. And after surveying this audience, it sounds like most people are in the spot that you mentioned where we have some issues. Uh, it's not super toxic. It's also not super amazing. So we all want to get closer to super amazing though. I mean, everyone has a heart for better relationships. That's why we're here. It just helps us all to think about this as we really do have the goal of getting closer, not farther. So I love that your strategies are a deep yes. And I think that's very comforting Mm -hmm. to our spouses. When we say my strategy is a very deep yes, I want to grow closer, but here's what I'm going to probably do. Now, when it comes to us as a grandparent level, because I've had some of the listeners in that generation also say, hey, how do I work on boundaries? Do you have any recommendations for them over the holidays? You know, it, it, it comes to mind what you just said, my own relationship with my own mother-in-law, because you're right. You want to honor your, your spouse yeah, yeah, in honoring, especially when we're in this mostly healthy, even if there are hard things. And yeah. my, yes, I figured out with her, I, I actually, we grew a beautiful relationship and I'll, I'll tell you from oh, her angle, yeah. but from my angle was I, I stopped by frequently for short periods of time. She lived close. I could, I would stop by with a cup of coffee with, you know, a, you know, I could do those kind of acts of, and say, hi, give her a big hug. It was, that was much easier for me than long conversations. Yeah. It just, it should, I could show her love. I could honor him, but it was a way that I could do. I could say yes. It was something I could say yes to. And I was like, actually, I, I kind of start to enjoy this. It's a part of my routine. You know, I stop by the grocery store. I drop something up. I say, hi, I'm actually seeing her fairly frequently but we're not, we're not getting into deep conversations, but it's beautiful. And I'll tell you what she did is, and I think this is so important. It's both for parents of adult children, but also for grandparents is your job. I think at that point, especially Mm -hmm. when you become a grandparent is to, to love, to point out um, what they're doing right to honor what's good and beautiful. And I, I really just think, you know, it's, it's, that's kind of the work of it's to kind of let that critical mm-hmm. voice go that teaching yeah. voice go. And again, it it's true of parents of adult children. And I think it's true of grandparents. 
um, of uh, is 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 especially to the to the kids the the generation you know is to just uh, really try to seek out how, find ways to tell them what they're doing right yeah. you know yeah. set aside any criticism any any you know just let them it's hard enough and then with grandkids just have fun just mm-hmm. just delight just delight mm-hmm. in them you know, and, and I think that that's the joy of being a grandparent. Um, I, I think again, you know, the Gottman's talk in marriage about how criticism is the, I think it's probably true Mm. for grandparents and parents of adult children. It's just almost never helpful, almost never helpful. Mm. And I love just, you can show curiosity, you Mm. can show curiosity, Mm -hmm. you know, you can say, Oh, tell me about this ask questions but i think that's 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 the work of Mm -hmm. the things you're worried about the things you're concerned about pray about them you know but but really try to come Mm -hmm. in strong with just curiosity and compassion and how can i be helpful and you're you're you know you become and that my mother she just became a delight she just oh. she really honored the way i could show up with her and oh. guess what that made me want to show up more oh. and wow. she she just honored those kids she wanted to do you know you know how can i help how can i and then of course we want her around more yeah Oh, that's beautiful. Look at that positive feedback loop that you guys all were blessed by. And I'm hearing this inner uh, prayer coming first, instead of coming Mm -hmm. into this with all the fields, but Mm -hmm. emptying some of that through some lament or prayer or probably both and gratitude. And then you come to this other side of the journey where you guys love each other and you may not be able to connect on all levels, but there's a love and there's a respect. And that is, I think, key. So thank you for just giving us those tips. And also that tip about like, but if you still, it's a struggle, you don't like the way uh, your mother-in-law or father-in-law or sister-in-law is vice versa with the brother-in-law or on the opposite end that these are, you know, steps you can take. You can set some healthy, hopefully yes, boundaries. You can do some praying first, some planning some strategizing. And I hear some positivity because holidays in general are not a time to start getting really big into conflicts. It sounds like they're just not, it's not a good time. It's we're all on edge. So that's why it's so important. It's great. You're having these conversations. Think ahead. What can I say yes to? What's my exit strategy when I need it so that I don't, Mm-hmm. You know, it's not the time. And then again, if there is a need for a hard conversation, have it before mm-hmm. or have it after, yeah. um, but don't try to do it during. Yeah. Okay. Good reminder. And I think we all need the reminder, especially because with marriage, as we kind of close up with a final question, I wanted to check, like, what do you feel like we do when spouses disagree with how to set the boundaries? When one says, I don't want to go the next one says, I do. Do you have any tips on that? It's not a negotiation, which mm-hmm. is not a, you know, word that we like to talk about, but it's real. And, yeah. you know, you have, so again, it's not about digging in again. We know, you know, from the Gottman stuff, it's not about contempt or criticizing. We're like, fine, I'll do it, but I hate you. You know, yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's what, you know, again, what can I say yes to without causing injury to myself. So if the spouse is like, no, this is what we do every year. We have to go, we have to go. And, and there's, they're not just being a jerk about it. It is really, you know, yeah. then you get, it's, it's always negotiate. It's like, okay, I can go, 
but you know what I, and maybe you don't even always do this with your spouse. Sometimes, you know, depending on the level of your communication, you can, but maybe you make a promise to yourself. You say, I'm going to go, but you know what? I'm going to take a walk by myself mm-hmm. for a half an hour yeah. and I'm going to call a friend during that time. And I'm going to say, this is really hard. But, you know, <laughs> yeah. I, and then I'm going to go back in mm. and I'm doing this because not to, you know, this is a way that I'm helping myself cope. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm also going to tell my, you know, so, so again, you can insert little boundaries, yeah. you know, without again saying no way, you know, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it, it's, sometimes this is, it's, it's little, little things that we can do to mm-hmm. be creative about how we care for ourselves when it's not a toxic situation. It's just a hard situation. Yeah. And thank you for also reminding us that when it is toxic, that there are other steps. And this is the cool part. Your book talks about that. So I think that that's a really great place to leave off in terms of just help us to know how everyone can get a hold of your book. They have time. We're pre-holidays right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's anywhere books are sold, the best of you. Um, and you can get it anywhere. You can go to my website, drallisoncook.com. I'm on Instagram, Cook. Um, and yeah, just, these are great conversations. I love what you're, what you're talking about here. Oh, well, we love what you're talking about and they can read it on Kindle too, probably Kindle audio. I read the audio, the audio book. So, um, all sorts of, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, good. And I love the charts in the book too, so that we could really see the, okay, there, you know, it's a continuum that sometimes there's a moment of this is a toxic situation. And so right now, here's what I'm going to do. And, and right now, like you said, being honest with yourself. So every time your spouse doesn't move toward you, you're like, yes, I can't do anything. Cause it's always toxic. It's like, wait a second, let me see what I can do here. Cause the goal is loving everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's also scripts like this whole thing. If you're going into a holiday in chapter six, I take you through sort of the step-by-step Mm-hmm. You know, and again, affirm the good, <laughs> what, you know, affirm what you are going to do, you know, yeah. and, and then the other thing I'll yeah. just, I'll end on you say, you know, you yeah. say, you know, you don't blame that, you don't say, well, I have to take a walk because you're terrible. You say, Man, I'm really trying to work on my health. So I'm going to be gone for this portion of the day, yeah. um, but I can't wait to come back for dessert. You know, I mean, whatever, yes. you know, and I walk you through some of these scripts where you're taking care of yourself, but you're doing it in mm-hmm. a way that sort of neutralizes conflict and confrontation that isn't necessary. Oh my gosh. And how helpful for spouses hearing who may have had this idealized fantasy that everything would be just a perfect fit to be able to say, no, this pressing in and loving anyway, and trying to make it work is love. And that's an even better, more true kind of love, almost in a sense than just it's also easy. It's like, no, your Mm -hmm. spouse is actually reaching out to meet you uh, in a place that makes them sweat. So thank you so much. This is so helpful. And I'm so excited about your book. Everything's in the show notes. Thank you so much, Allison, for your time today. Thanks for having me. It's great. You guys, thank you so much for listening, for being part of these important conversations this fall or whenever you're listening. And you can come back to us when you need more. And you know we're here for you in the collective too. So if you need a deeper dive, we get to meet together all month long and we get to really go on that journey 
in a much more meaningful and enriching way if you need that. So here for it all with you. I hope you have such a wonderful week. Most of all, do not forget to grab Dr. Cook's book. She is on fire with boundaries and she has such a huge heart for a yes for you. So I hope you can say yes with us and in such a very meaningful way that also really says yes to your own health and growth too. So grateful for this time with you. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you again for listening with us. It was so wonderful to have you. I love knowing we're doing this journey together, not perfectly, but with love, grace, and hopefully some fun too. If you love today's episode, make sure you leave us a five-star review at Apple Podcast or Spotify so others can find it too. Visit our show notes so you can get all the links from today's show, as well as EnneagramandMarriage.com, the Instagram, the Facebook, and all over the place. Make sure you spread the word. Love living intentionally with you. Bye-bye.